Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, are you ready to add a sprinkle of joy to your day? Then you need to check out Add to Cart. Hi, I'm Sujan Pak. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. We're your hosts, and on this show, we talk about the things we buy, the things we buy into, and what it says about who we are. That's right. Each week, we're going to have some honest and maybe, you know, little TMI conversations about all the fabulous, weird, wonderful things we're adding to or ditching from our carts. You know, we talk about beauty products, latest health trends, philosophies we're passionate about. Nothing is off limits on this podcast. We're diving deep into everything we and our guests buy into and exploring what it reveals about who we truly are. We're going to decide what's worth the investment, be it money or emotions. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes out on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, a podcast about apologies. And this week, I bought my first major appliance. Amazing. And this is Mohanad Al-Sheikhi, and this week, I have not bought anything, which I'm very proud of. Wow. It's a miracle. And then I'm Oha Lopez, and this week, I just want to say a quick thank you to the patriarchy for having a series of men pick up my very heavy luggage for me. God bless you. It works sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, it works sometimes. Yeah, yes. Yes to men. (laughs) Yes to men. And uh, each week here at I'm Sorry, we unpack the latest and greatest in pop culture, in celebrity drama, and the messy world of public apologies. And this week, first of all, I would like to talk to Kiki because it seems like you had a very fun weekend. Mm, That I did. Um, I ate chicken wings for breakfast. I, they were cold. I didn't even, I don't even have a microwave right now because I just moved and they, I normally, I hate cold food, but it was the only thing I had left over in my fridge. And so I just ate cold chicken wings. Um, cause I am, I'm, I won't say I'm wildly hungover, but It's like, because I'm not like ill, right? Like I'm not like, (laughs) I don't feel nauseous or anything, but I'm like wildly hungover in that like, I could, I could possibly still be drunk. I don't know (laughs) because (laughs) I don't, I think I now realizing how much alcohol I consume. I was supposed to just go to a Sunday fun day brunch. It was just a brunch. It was like the first, I haven't been to brunch in so long. I was, I think I got excited about going to brunch. (laughs) It's honestly exhilarating, riveting. Yeah. And um and we the part of town it was in, it was I had discovered this new dive bar. Cause you know, like when you leave Brooklyn, like in Brooklyn I had like my go-to dive bar and like, mm-hmm. you know, they knew my name and like I've been on the hunt for like the perfect dive bar in Los Angeles and I just like hadn't really found it. It was like, oh, there's elements of this one I like, but I don't like this mm-hmm. part of it. And there's elements of this one. This one was like, has, I felt like it had it all. And I was like, oh, we're in that part of town. Let's go to this. Di-. This dive bar, mind you, opens at 6 a.m. Oh, oh, that's right. That is, okay. they're coming correct. Just mm-hmm. conceptually wow. already. Okay. And it has this beautiful, oh, I just I just call her this beautiful bartender. She is, she reminds me of like old school Hollywood. She's got this mm. like blonde, just really big hair. It's just like, and she's just got these like huge boobs. And she's just got <laughs> like, she's just immaculate. She's perfect. And she is like this amazing bartender. And I wanted to see her again and bring my friend with me. And um I don't know. We got there when it was still light. And I don't know. When I got home, it was very dark. 
I love that you're like not even looking at your watch. You're like you're in basic caveman human timelines. You're like it was bright before. It's dark now. Um. So wait. So they didn't even bamboozle you into a second like location. This was all at one location that you. No, did no, this no. Damage. I moved. I moved brunch to the dive bar. Like I was like, oh, let's continue on. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. I was like, we've had this great brunch. We're in this part of town. I know this dive bar that's close by. Let's check it out because I'm usually not in this part of town. And since I am and I love this bar, let's go. Wow. Second location after brunch is brave. That's to me is a very brave move. There mm-hmm. is literally like almost no chance for me to go to a second location. Like, <laughs> I like the second I we I hung out with like any friends. It does not matter how close we are. Like I'm just like okay, that's it. Uh, if we're leaving this place, I am going home. Because one thing about me, I love being in my apartment so much. <laughs> Fucking love it. I I love being in the apartment, but when you get me out, it's like getting me back in will be even harder. Because like once I'm having fun and I'm out. Like, I won't go home. And, like, that's exactly what happened. Like, I was like, just, like, one more drink. Just one more. And these in this bar, let me tell you, the price is right. And the pour is, I mean, it's just to the tippy top. Like, you have to sip it down when you lean over <laughs> to it because it's, like, so full. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it was. But, like, then, you know, I forget. We record early on Mondays. <laughs> like Yeah. We do. Welcome to your job, Kiki. We need to talk about being hungover. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect job. Um, But like, I I just, I I woke up like my, you know, when your mouth is just so dry, you can't, you can't even move your tongue around. I was like, (sighs) and I like, you know, get to the fridge, drink some water. And then I start looking at my phone and there's like, I had forgotten, like, the, the girl I was with, she left a little bit earlier than me, and I stayed. Like, w- this is what I'm talking about. Like, I continue <laughs> to stay to talk to this this dude, I guess, I was talking to, because it's, like, also been so long since I've, like, met a boy. The plot thickens. Okay. So she's like, you know, are you okay? Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, girl, I'm good. Like, you got the Uber. I was like, you know, like, in the Uber. I was like, you know, make sure you text me when you get home, you know? And then, like, I don't hear from her, so I'm, like, texting, like, are you home? And then, like, I I think, I don't know if I started it. Like, if I started texting people being like, have you heard from her? Because I hadn't heard from her. <laughs> so then it was a chain of, like, me and her friend and her mom. Because we were all making sure she got home. And then I, but then I passed out. Which just makes me a terrible friend. Because yeah. I never, I, I woke up, luckily, and she was home. Okay. Like, I did get the, she had passed out, too. That's right. why I didn't get the text. So she had passed out, too. So when she did get it, she's like, I did. Um, I'm home. But then I also woke up to this, like, gnarly text from, I guess I gave that dude my number. And, oh, my, Wait. I can't even repeat what he said to me. You can't. Okay. Contextually, like, what is a metaphor for it? Like, if you had to just, if you just had to, <laughs> if you had to clock a theme to the text, like, what would the theme be? Uh, porn. It was very <laughs> pornographic. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, now was it? Was it? Um, his penis. No, there was no pictures. It was all words. <gasps> well, good thing is now we know who's going to be our uh, guest next week. Uh, so he'd come and uh, <laughs> rando dude from <laughs> explain and maybe apologize. I don't know. So wait. So he sent you like romantic poetry like what was the vibe of it it was like Mm, if i was going to explain it uh using emojis it would probably be like an eggplant next to a peach oh Oh, so that is a theme that's a very (laughs) overarching theme yeah have you replied yet no, absolutely not. I, I'm thinking of blocking. Should I block? I don't know. Oh. I, th- I think you should reply with find God and then block him. <laughs> he was cute, though. Yes. But like, uh, but not cute enough to to immediately get into that territory, essentially. Yeah. You know, I, I will say that, like, when I got vaxxed, I, like, did get waxed and I was, like, ready for, like, the hot girl summer. But, like, I haven't kept it up. I am vaxxed. I am not wa- I'm not prepared <laughs> To meet boys. I'm like, I'm mentally prepared. 
you know what, Kiki? I'm tired of this. He is doing the bare minimum for you. And he his his version of hitting on you is sending you romantic poetry. That's what I'm calling dirty text from now on. But and then you feel like you have to wax for that. No. If if he's gonna do the bare minimum, you should be able to show up in your full glory and be like, what? What do you have to say about it? You know? You're right. I'm a bad feminist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome to the party. <laughs> um, I haven't dated anybody and I haven't gone out in, you know, almost six years because of my partner. Um, she's the one that's stopping me. She's holding me back. <laughs> she's um, holding you back. <laughs> yeah. right? I can't even imagine. Like, do you feel like it's like dating has changed a lot from like six years ago to now? I guess like 2016 or something. I like was in my last relationship for so long and then like after that I was so not interested in being in a relationship because it was like I don't you know like at that point I was like I don't ever want to live with anyone again it was like <laughs> yeah. I'm over it like I go on I go on apps just to uh make myself feel better and know that I'm still hot and people still want to talk to me and then I ghost them all <laughs> wow I as a person now do not have the capacity to even make new friends uh <laughs> like literally i'm like i'm I'm at a point now where i'm just like do not introduce any new people into my life uh i right. feel like i have enough friends <laughs> and you know i've been with rosie for like four years now and i'm like that's that's enough people that i have in my life i feel like if you if you introduce more people i'm just gonna be like hey sorry like you too late like you literally this door closed uh, years ago. I'm glad we made the cutoff then. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. We got We're... it right under the... <laughs> <laughs> There's a contract between us two. <laughs> That's true. Right. That's correct. <laughs> like, the law had to interfere for me to have, <laughs> add new people into my life. <laughs> I get that completely. I will say, recently I went out, uh, like this is before I was in LA, but I hung out with a friend and it was going to be a one-on-one -on -one thing. And then they brought two friends with them and i was like no i didn't i it's so different to hang out with one person that you know really well and to be prepared for that interaction and then for the interaction to change i know i got like invited to a dinner maybe like uh last week uh mm. to this friend's place and it was me and two other friends that i knew that we w so we went there together and i was expecting it to be the four of us and it was i'd say 18 people Eight? Oh. You went to a party. Did you have a panic attack? I got the opposite of panic attack, which is just like, I just like, everything inside of me just froze. <laughs> <laughs> right. Your your body function slowed down, your body temperature lowered. Head empty, just vibes, you know, just like, <laughs> I cannot believe that I have been tricked into hanging out with a group of people. And also like, so, like I'm not, like... I mean, that party was good. I, I, I still had a good time. But like sometimes like you go somewhere and it's not just that you want to be mentally prepared for the uh, people who are going to be there. Sometimes there are people you're just not interested in talking to. Oh, yeah. You've like, sorted them out already. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're like, let's say work at like an accounting firm or something and you invited like your coworkers from that. I don't want to hang out with them. No. And talk about what numbers? Right. Or you vetted one girl out because she every time you talk to her, she just looks at the door to see who's walking in. Or like you vetted another girl out because every time she finds you, she corners you and tries to talk to you about politics endlessly at a fun party. I mean, there's so many reasons as to why I would not hang out with people again. And so parties. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. For me, there's always like someone who would like hear that I do stand up comedy, and then they just have a list of questions. Uh, they lose it, and also yeah. they always begin with, "I would never do this," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Okay, so since we've established that you would never want to do stand up comedy, why am I answering any of these?" You have like the most popular profession in America, Not, like the most like. I think desire, like everybody I feel wishes they could do stand-up comedy. Oh, um, yeah. Even the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, that's literally <laughs> yeah. all he wants for people to laugh at his dumb jokes. Did you see that stupid comeback issue with uh, like on, on Twitter between him and AOC? Where yes. No, I like, did not. Oh, my God. She just tweeted something and he was like, stop flirting with me already, AOC. And she's like, I was talking about Mark Zuckerberg, but fine. It's fine if you, like, also, you want to make it I'm about sorry. yourself. Like, I know, obviously, 
obviously, you know, this is like sexism fucked up thing to say to a woman who literally just a congressperson. But even like outside of that, outside of, let's just like look at them as like two people, their personalities, everything. I'm just like, first of all, this woman is out of your league. Let's just start there. You look like a slice of cheese. (laughs) Wait, is there a particular slice of cheese he looks like? I'm curious. Just like the the blandest slice of cheese that you can think of. Just like a block of cheese that is just like, you look at him like, I can't even tell what kind of cheese this is. And this is what he is. And I'm like, your personality sucks. You don't even know how to talk. You literally appeared on SNL. They gave you stuff to say. And you... Even then, you could not like look the part or sound like appealing by any means. Burn, and you're book, telling me burn him. This burn woman, him. <laughs> this woman is hitting on you. This young woman who is a congressperson who's like way better than you, like in so many aspects. And th- this is this is your comeback. And obviously, like his like followers are just like, yeah, she likes. I'm just like a bunch of fucking incels. Like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what amount of money do you think you surpass in your net worth when you believe that you are any woman is attainable? Better question, how much money would somebody have to pay you, Kiki, in order, in order to get with them? What is the minimum amount of money that you would take? Girl, I am a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't take much. I'm not going to lie. Well, okay, how long do I have to, like, do I have to maintain a long-term relationship? Whatever they want. I would say long-term relationship, yeah. Okay. Like, let's say a year. A year? Okay. Um. Oh, God. I mean, for a year? Easily. Okay, the lowest amount. Let's be real. Because, like, once I start counting (laughs) down. Right, let's be real. Let's let's be be real. real. Okay, for a year, I... Lowest I'd go, I probably would do it for two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Two, for one whole year, okay. Yeah, Let's I see. mean, like I, I could say it would be ten million, but then if you kept counting down, there would probably be not a number I'd say no to. Like yeah. you might even say seventy grand, and I might still say yes. Let's be real. You're like, that sounds like a nice corporate job. This is cushy. Um, I would say just because it would probably blow up my relationship that I currently have that I really enjoy, and I'm taking into the account in terms of selling my body and my time and my affection. Um, I would say, and I'm so sorry, Rachel, but maybe like like five million. Wow, yeah. you value yourself. I do. <laughs> well, I, I gotta be the better person here and say that you cannot pay me enough. <laughs> Wow, moral man. Yeah, not even for a billion. Yeah, I'm sorry. If these answers don't perfectly describe each of our personalities, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you know what, Mahana? That's why you're never going to be a sugar baby. It's never going to happen to you because as soon as you start hearing sugar baby thoughts and sugar baby ideas, you're going to walk right out of there. And I respect that. I do love the concept of a sugar baby, I think it's fun. I love the concept of that. I love the concept of an indecent proposal. <laughs> hey, you have an indecent proposal on your phone right now that you are refusing to text back. So, well, you know what? I probably will because you know I I'm saying I won't. I probably will. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panicked, sweating, and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts.
So I was reading about the Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde thing. And, you know, what actually happened was that I entered a profound and deep Harry Styles deep dive. And Ooh. then I thought to myself, this is what happened to Olivia Wilde as well. She was with Jason Sudeikis having a good life, right? And she started a movie and it's Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. And then once you're in the Harry Styles world, you can't help but be sucked into the vortex of his charm and his beauty and his um, beautiful boyish youth. Well, what I never what was the timeline? Was was Olivia still with Jason when she met Harry or did she? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they met they she started filming a September then her and Jason Sudeikis announced their split two months afterwards in November. Mm. And then in at the end of, I think, January or February, they uh, saw the pictures of Olivia and Harry seeing each other, dating each other. So the timeline is tight, baby. Yeah, that's like, that's like a John Mulaney to uh, Olivia Munn kind of thing. Yeah, which is like, yeah. Which is like, okay... You either knew this person before and you like had those thoughts or you were just so fucking quick. Yeah, damn. You break up with someone and immediately just find someone else, which is, you know, not believable. Can I just also say for a second, Olivia Amun and Olivia, what all the Olivia, Wild. I thought they were all the same person for so long. <laughs> no. I was like, I was like, Olivia, which Olivia, I just didn't know which Olivia belonged where, who did, did what. And I, and I do not care to know or be corrected. <laughs> I'm just okay. Okay, wait a second. I don't care about Olivia Bunn very much, but I do love Olivia Wilde. I love Olivia Wilde deeply. Um, did I love her before she became a director? I thought she was a cool actress and whatever, but I didn't really care. Um, but as soon as she directed Booksmart, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Like, this is my bitch. I'm yeah. sorry, Olivia. Bitch is a term of endearment. I hope you know that. Um, but yeah, it seems like it was a tight thing. And so this whole thing with the with the serving thing, which I didn't even realize. Like, I don't know anything about being served. Wow. Brag. Okay. <laughs> the only the only reason I know about being like the term served is mm-hmm. from watching so much Law and Order SVU. Uh, 23 seasons. Did I watch, rewatch all of them during the pandemic? Maybe. <laughs> Who's to know? Uh, but they love doing that. They love just being like, um, Detective Olivia Benson? Yeah? You've been served. Bitch. Yeah, and they just do it like in like, ran- like, they just like, and this is like why it did not surprise me that it happened to Olivia Wilde at the like a theater because like on SVU, they just serve you like in the weirdest places <laughs> possible. You're literally with your child at, at the park and they're like, you've been served. I'm like, how did you find this person? Like, this is insane to me. You're rappelling down a waterfall and a guy drops down next to you and he's like, you've been served. Exactly. You're, you're parachuting and then someone else is parachuting next to you and they just come to you in in the middle of this guy they're like you've been served they just like they just like fly away yeah yeah it's like they'll do anything to get you you know exactly and i think they enjoy it i think they yeah. really enjoy it uh mm-hmm. they're just like just like surprising people like in just like random places yeah i think that's why like i think subconsciously when i hear when people i don't automatically turn if i hear my name being said i keep walking and pretend like i don't hear because i'm always thinking that somebody's trying to serve me maybe and i'm like don't <laughs> don't know that person <laughs> Keep Your paranoia around cancellation <laughs> and lawsuits is spectacular. I mean, you do, you do. I mean, you are in the business of maybe like some. You're in the arena of defamation, where you know I might I say mean? something, where and then you somebody might say gets something. Pissed. Yeah, get yeah. a cease and desist. Your next tattoo should just say allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that way, you can just like flash it, and you're like, I was saying it the whole time. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I I know, and and people are talking about like she was like served on stage while like she was like intro- talking about her upcoming movie, right? Yes, that's like she was at like Comic Con or some kind of like C- Cinema fandom yeah. Cinema Con. Yeah, yeah. Someone approached her while she was on stage and just like handed her the whole like thing, and she thought it was a script or something, which is like. Is someone like do you? Did you think someone is asking you to read the script right now? Like what's what's happening? Uh, but here's what I think though. I think this person who served her was just like, okay, what I can do is, 
I get to attend CinemaCon. I pay for the uh-huh. ticket. I get to do everything. And then I'll just build my client. That's this actually a really good idea. Yeah, exactly. And I would do this shit. I'll, I'll wait for you until like you, you're like at the most expensive thing that I can now afford and just go there and build someone else for it. Like I'll fucking serve people at the Met Gala if I can. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like it just, okay. I was, I was confused by the story. One, because I was like, why are you serving each other over custody? Like I felt like I didn't realize they weren't married. I thought they had been married and I didn't realize they were just, you know, domestic partnership. They never actually legally got married. So I guess the custody was because there was no marriage and maybe there was no custody. I don't know. It it felt like it came so much later after they broke up. I didn't understand that part. And then it was just confusing because I was like, you have to know where she lives because you have kids together. You drop, there's drop off. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to chalk this one up to Jason not knowing. I believe him. I think it's fine. Um, but I, I know that they interviewed Olivia and essentially she sort of like, you know, when a source who knows who the source is, they could just be making the whole thing up. But they basically said that she was like angry and she wanted the focus to be on the film that she had worked on and not just her personal life, which must be a frustrating thing if you're an actor or director and then all of a sudden your life comes ahead of this project that you've worked so hard on. Look, I love Ted Lasso and I, I, I do like Jason Sudeikis. And so that's why part of me is like a little bit antenna up because I'm like, you are such a nice guy. It would be really easy for you to do something like this and nobody <laughs> would think that, you you know, like I, yeah, yeah. I would try because I know that like, have you ever just like been like so someone you hated so much or you just like wanted to get back at so much and thought about like, when the time is right, like this is when I'll wait like 10 years for the right opportunity and nobody Damn, knows it's me. <laughs> oh, is it just me? Okay, never mind. Cut, cut that. Cut that. No, I want to foster this. Are you asking me if I ever think about revenge? One of my favorite things ever. Uh, no, I never, I never imagine it at all. Not in a million years. I do not think about revenge. Never. But like, I think I would have enough like... Um, I hold on to stuff enough and I have enough patience that I could wait like a good 10 years and then be like, <laughs> gotcha. I will say there are some people in high school that I think I would wait to do something nasty to. A little nastiness from Oja Lopez to you. <laughs> I'll be a little nasty. Oh, wait, no. Okay. There is one person from my adulthood that I would be, that I would take revenge after 10 years. Mm. Um, but I've got a, I think I may already be by just being extremely happy and successful. So thank oh, you. Okay. Or do we get to know who this person is or you can't no, tell us? No, I would because never gotta... say their name. I would okay. never. You know, you know what? I'll say this as, as say, uh, about being successful and, and all of that. I would say literally nothing makes me work harder <laughs> than your hate and try like n- nothing <laughs> motivates me more than hate. <laughs> like literally the second like nothing nothing will just fuel me than pure hatred. Like if I think my success is going to like come back at you or something, I will fucking win an Oscar. <laughs> Truly, yeah. Let's. I'm gonna use that then. Like, how do we? Let's. Yeah. Let's get you that Oscar. Let's get this Webby next time. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Oh my god. Um, I used to go to this party called Haters Make Us Famous, and I always thought this is the dumbest name for a party. But now I kind of like it in retrospect. You know. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's a good. I might get that fun. tattooed on me. Yeah, get that tattooed. Well, well, speaking of tattoos, I mean, uh, are you gonna tattoo a hundred k on you since you have one hundred k Instagram followers now? I mean, there are so <laughs> many haters you have now. Probably, I mean, you know. The one thing I've learned, you don't get people's name that you're dating tattooed because the relationship will go to shit. I know if I get tattooed a hundred k on me, I will get canceled. And then I'll lose all. I'll lose every single one of them. Something's coming if I do that. Hi. 
there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so being canceled, uh, that will bring me to uh, the next person I want to talk about, which is Taylor Lorenz, which she, she's uh, the... Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, she, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people do know her because she used to uh, cover tech news and whatnot for the New York Times, and then now she moved to the Washington Post, and she's like really in tune with like social media and what's happening and like TikTok and like trends and and but I think she was like on the news lately for writing this article about that a Twitter account called uh, Libs of TikTok. Did yeah. we did we hear about this? What what do we know? I don't really know much about it. I've only I I stay off of the Twitter world. Yeah. So she she wrote a she she wrote an article about it. She had like an investigative article about it. Libs of TikTok for people who don't know it. You don't need to follow it. You don't need to consume any content. Please from there. don't don't follow yeah. them. <laughs> All it does it posts video right wing videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and most of these videos are feature mostly uh, LGBTQ people. Uh, so teachers at schools and just like people in general and talking about like you know gay, like uh, LGBTQ issues and uh, some teachers are talking about the floor like don't say gay bill in Florida and like the stuff that kids should be thought in school and all of that and what it does is it takes this video of this teacher let's say talking about gay rights or like uh, especially like gay students and all of that and it will put the spotlight on them and would make a wild claim of something like this this teacher is grooming children what right they're doing i know it's bizarre they're they're basically like doing this thing where they just like call out specific teachers and they rely on that age-old super fucking trans gay phobic trope of like that if you talk to kids about being gay, that that somehow equates to grooming. And so oh they're just God. making this comparison over and over again. And sort of like, it's it's not that they're not necessarily doxing because they're not publishing like the the name. Well, they're publishing the name, but they're not publishing like the address and the personal information of that person. Exactly. But essentially, they're like, hey, hate machine. Why don't we all go and focus on this person today? Exactly. And also, it's so easy to, once you put the name out and the picture yeah. and everything, for that person to be doxxed. It's, it doesn't, because like, that's those, terrifying. Exactly. Oh, it is, horrifying. it is terrifying. Yeah. It, it gets people death threats. It gets them fired from their jobs. It gets them so much hate. And like, some of these people are like, you know, like, at least with not saying that Taylor, like, should have to deal with that. I'm saying that at least she's a journalist. She has like, People at her work who like will protect her, understand what she's going through and all of that. And she's not going to get fired for it because they understand the right wing media mentality. But then you when you come out after like regular people who are not on the Internet 24-7, they're just like people. You just posted a video. It's like a teacher who's getting like not getting paid enough for a job or so. Right. And they're being attacked by the this mob, basically. And they don't even know how to deal with it. Uh, even like Taylor, who is like a big journalist and like have dealt with that for so long 
it still like weighs on her mentally because it's it's fucked up. But she wrote this article about it, and then she also identified the person behind the account. And then that's when the right-wing people like went wild. Wow. And when I say right-wing people, I'm not saying like the just people on the internet. Mm-hmm. They are too, but people like like Tucker Carlson and like people on Fox News and, and so many other people. Because like these people use her videos on their shows. Joe Rogan talks about her, th- those videos and that account on on his show. Like they made this account famous. So to say, oh, this is just a Twitter account that posts videos online and it just like seems very harmless. Why are you doing this to her? And you're like, no, it's not. You know what the fuck it's not. You know, it's this is a hate machine. Yeah. So she identified the name and people were like, basically, you doxed this woman. Just by revealing who was behind the account, yeah. essentially. Exactly. Which anybody could find if they were a good journalist, essentially. Exactly. The information were available to the public. This person was not doxed. They put their information outside. It was there. Anyone could have looked it up. And also, don't you, isn't that entire, like, the entire channel or the entire account is to call people out for essentially just existing and being gay as a teacher or being gay in arenas where they don't feel like, you know, being gay is acceptable, essentially. The thing that's the most, I think, just like so annoying is that they then accuse Lawrence of like of doxing, um, of doxing this person, and uh, Rachik, who's the person that she reveals is behind the account, actually goes on Tucker Carlson's and accuses Lorenz of being like a known hypocrite or just says a bunch of like bullshit about her, and essentially says that she doxes people all the time. So now they're making it as if Lorenz, as a journalist, is uh, somebody who doxes, which is not true. It's not. It's not true. Also, like I mean, like doxing people is like a right wing thing to do. This is like their favorite 100%. thing. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And they also like put, uh, in Times Square, they put like the sign that says like Taylor Lorenz, like dogs, uh, libs of TikTok, which is truly an insane thing to do. Because if you're not on, like imagine being a tourist, just looking at this and you're like, <laughs> Americans are fucking insane. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck does this, in- any of this means? Not a single word here I understand. They legit bought a whole billboard in Times Square for yep. this? Yeah. Yes. Bought this billboard. It's I, it's some right-wing people. You can't, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't even know who. It was just like, it was insane to me. And like, I don't know, like, ha- has any of this happened to any of you before? Like, you had like some, like, I mean, Kiki, you have a big account. Like, do you have people like who, I know you haven't been doxxed, but like people who just like come after you in like a group. Um... It, it it's I sort of had it wasn't a big one it was one that was starting where an account was trying to um, like accuse me of like stealing some other accounts meme one time yeah and it was like a really weird and I was like I just shut it down because I was like I just a it's not true and b like I'm gonna shut it down so it didn't yeah. go too far okay that's great yeah sometimes it's about like not feeding the trolls too just like you just ignore it and like let it die down. I mean, yeah. I, I did. I did have that happen to me before, because I, because uh, like, to, like in in twenty nineteen or so, I had this like whole like thread online about like uh, a bad experience I had like with the Greyhound bus and Border Patrol and like and all oh, of yeah. that stuff, and that became like a public opinion thing, and it like went super viral. And the oh my god, that was like my first uh, like experience with like right wing people. Oh wow, truly the most insane people the, the messages i was getting jesus christ so wild like saying what like people just like obviously a lot of like racist and hateful shit i'm just like you know the classic like uh go back to where you came from and all of that just like you know 2003 racism i'm just like please they love your... that they should get that yeah. tattooed as as yeah, a exactly as a generation yeah some of them like oh are we still doing this <laughs> you know like uh just go back to where you came from i thought that was just like you know a, uh like post 9-11 thing that maybe yeah. we've moved on from uh and then you know you have people who are like would literally just go into all of your shit like down to my linkedin like i don't know what they were looking for <laughs> but they were like literally just like trying to prove that i was lying about what i said oh uh, my God. and and like just like doing like small investigation work and like stuff like that and like people like writing blogs and also people like writing like uh 
not just blogs like 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 putting out like YouTube videos or like really just like dissecting what I said and like doing background check on me and like accusing me of like so much like wild shit. Wait, entire YouTube videos to say that what your your experience didn't happen and prove that you were lying? 100%. That's yeah. wild. It, it was insane. That's uh, so scary. It was it was ins- and it's so funny because 2 days later Border Patrol like put out a statement and they were just like, "Yes, this happened and we don't think we're wrong." And I was just like, okay, at least you admitted that it did happen. So these psychos will leave me, like, at least uh, stop doing this. And, you know, like, they were like, but it was, it was, I mean, it was not just scary. It was, like, mentally draining, you know? It was, like, so mentally draining, just like, you know, because I was doing, like, these interviews with, like, reporters and stuff like that who would just put stuff out. And, like, even, like, even the people who support you, like, are not really, like, they're putting their spin on it as well their like opinions and 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 whatnot but i like i did not perform for like two weeks after because i was just like i'm not gonna be on stage with in front of a group of people i don't even know who's who's in the crowd right yeah it's it's so crazy when social media turns into like real life stress and like you don't know who's going to come up to you or who's going to say what to you that sounds boo-boo exactly exactly and i'm just like i did not survive a civil war in libya (laughs) for some troll (laughs) to shoot me at a comedy show i'm not i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna die in the most ironic way possible (laughs) where it's like welcome to america it may not be a geopolitical conflict but we do things a little differently here (laughs) oh my god imagine imagine surviving a civil war to die in a culture war oh no yeah oh my god just because like because of twitter oh my god can you imagine yeah like i would be so embarrassed like my soul will like i would never become a ghost because like i would never come back (laughs) so embarrassing how dare you show your face (laughs) after that Okay, well, now we move on to uh, my favorite segment of every week, which is Sorry Not Sorry, where we either uh, apologize to someone or we ask for an apology. And like every week, I'm going to start with Kiki. So who's uh, who are we demanding an apology from this week? Um, this week, um, I want an apology from my friend Julian. He knows who mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, because you said his name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the reason. <laughs> um. I was really, I, you guys have been talking about that movie, Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Is that everything? Everything, everything Everywhere, All everything, at Once. Everything, Everywhere, yeah. All at Once. And I've been wanting to see this. And so I was excited because Alamo, which is like my favorite theater because you can drink, eat, yeah. you know. They yes. had like an 11.15 a.m. show that had like two seats perfect together. And I was like, awesome, booked it. And I always buy two seats when I, you know, book movies. And then I couldn't find anyone to go with me because everybody's like, I'm busy. So then I was like, oh, I guess I'll just go alone. But then I was like, oh, let me check with Julian. And he was like, oh, yeah, like I can, you know, I'm free. I just got to like, you know, jump in the shower or whatever. So it's like, cool. I was like, it starts at, you know, I, I think I said 11 just because I like to give that little extra. And he's like, okay, cool. So then he's like, oh, I can pick you up on the way. And I was like, oh, awesome. Even better. By 1030, I'm kind of like, oh, I haven't heard. And then I get a text. He's like, sorry, he has a Tesla. So he's like, had to stop and charge my car. And I was like, okay, well, I, okay. He's like, I should be there by, <laughs> he goes, I should be there by um, 11. I think he said 11, 11. I was like, well, then I don't, I don't think we're going to make the movie. I mean, the movie starts at 1115 and we still, it's going to take 10 minutes. Um, anyways, so we did not make the movie, and this is how I ended up wow, Julian. at brunch, which led to the uh, a lot of drinking that day. So I want an apology from Julian because my Saturday was just supposed to be a simple movie. I'll say this, you know, it's I mean, yes, uh, Julian obviously owes you an apology, mm-hmm. but more than anyone, it's Elon Musk for his fucking Teslas. <laughs> right. Again. You have to charge your car. Oh, <laughs> truly. <God. laughs> Yeah, could not would not let you watch the movie, which is again truly classic. Just like burn ruining him, everything. Burn yeah. him, burn him. Yeah, yeah. I hate that man. <laughs> not you, Julian. Just Elon. Yeah, just yeah, Elon. yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Oha. Do you, what's what's happening? What's happening with you? 
Um, you know, this week, um, I'm in LA again. And last time, as you know, I apologized to LA for being fat. And LA accepted my apology. They were like, it's fine. If you have to be here, that's cool. But this time, guess what? The tables have turned. I'm asking for an apology from LA Los Angeles. Because mainly, mainly, I've just noticed a few things about this place. Essentially, that it's like a series of waiting in lines, not figuring out figuring out where to park. I've wasted 50% of my time here figuring out where I'm parking. And then um, also, I do like this part that it's uh, a series of compliments of people complimenting me. So LA, you don't have to apologize about that. Um, but then also, people pay for each other's food here all the time. Have y'all noticed that? Is that- it hasn't happened to me. Okay. Well, well, I mean, it has happened to me, but it, like, how often is this happening to you? <laughs> it's just, it happened to me all week. I was like, it felt like, either, well, I paid for somebody's food one time, and then other than that, people have been paying for my food. And I'm like, well, thank you very much to that, all the way to this I'm sorry apology that we were talking about initially. I'm just telling you about my LA trip. But <laughs> I would, yes, I would like the apology for the parking and the lines. Again, so much time just waiting in lines for an assortment of different things. Um, we don't have that in Chicago. Yeah, that's what I hated about living in Portland. Uh, mm. Literally lines everywhere. People just love lines. They just fucking love standing <laughs> in lines and waiting for stuff. You fucking love lines. And I just like to yeah. arrive at a place and just go in and get a table. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's right. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I just need a little simple counter service. And exactly. then you just sit at the table and have them give me my food. Um, what about you, Mo? Well, I mean, yeah, speaking of Portland, I was, uh, so I, one thing I like to do is every now and then I would go on my Facebook and I would check the memories thing just to see like what had been posted through the years on that day. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a way for me, honestly, just to see like, you know, what's, yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe like, uh, I posted a joke or something that I can like, you know, incorporate in my act or something that gives me an idea. You know, you never know. And sometimes I just want to see what's, you know, what I've been, uh, old me have been up to during that time. <laughs> so I was, I was reminded of this from my Facebook. This is, uh, this is me kind of like half apologizing to someone, half asking for an apology of some, from someone I think were like, it goes both ways. But, uh, so that was before I moved away from Portland. So maybe like late 2018, early 2019 or so. I used to I used to teach a uh, a workshop like a writing workshop like a comedy writing thing at a at a prison in Portland, and it's kind of like far away, so like you can't really like take a bus or anything. So just like I either have someone drive me or take an Uber if I I don't have my car. So this time I took an Uber, and if you know me, you you, you know I don't like chatting with Uber drivers. Yes, very much. I exactly. know that about you. That's, that's my whole brand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I didn't know that specifically, I, that would be the assumption that I would make. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, also, like, you know, like, Ubers in, like, Portland, Oregon are not, like, other places. So it's not like, you know, you don't get to meet people from all around the world who are, like, driving for these cars. No. It's just a dude named Steve. <laughs> and this dude, like, worked at, like, finance and was driving Uber because he wanted to get to meet people and just talk to them, which is just like, you know, I don't want to do that. I didn't sign up for this. I just want to be at where I'm supposed to be. And he would not stop talking to me about the stock market. Wow. (laughs) Like throughout the whole time. And I'm just like, bro, I do not give a fuck about the stock market. I just want to get to where I'm supposed to. And that's it. And he just kept talking and talking and talking. And then he asked me what I was up to. And I said, nothing much, just turning myself in. (laughs) (laughs) And truly the reaction of that man, the silence, you can like hear the silence in the car. It was incredible. That's amazing. I truly like never seen someone just like face just changes. I think he grew new features on his face. Because, like, what is he going to do? Ask me for what? He doesn't want to know. No. Because once and you know that answer, there's no turning back. Yeah. Exactly. And literally just, like, the whole time, we're just, like, just a, a very silent car ride the whole time. <laughs> and every time I move or something, you could, like, he just, like, goes tense. And I'm just, like, just keep driving, Steve. It does not. It does not. It does not matter. And he committed to it, you know. 
so I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're still thinking about it and you're telling the uh, story to people or maybe you've seen me do comedy and realized uh, <laughs> that you've been uh, made fun of. Yeah, I'm just really glad that you were able to really catalyze fear and that you were able to really bring it to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do bring fear upon my enemies. That's definitely a thing. It was a small revenge in that moment. Absolutely. Well, one thing we want to try to do now, I mean, we, I enjoy doing Sorry Not Sorry with you guys, but I also would love to hear from our listeners. Yes. I think that would be so much fun. And this is the thing yeah. that we're trying to do now is we want people to send us their Sorry Not Sorry so we can like read on the show, which they can do throughout so many communication forms. We have an email you can send to, which is I'm sorry at lemonadamedia.com. You can do that. You can also DM us on Instagram with your with your stuff. Uh, I mean, you can like even like DM me if you want to. Whatever way works for you, honestly. You can fax us. You can use a carrier <laughs> pigeon. That would work too. Ooh, antique. Yeah, you can send us voice memos explaining like what you need to apologize for or why you think somebody needs to apologize to you. I cannot wait to hear people's stories and what they think they need to apologize about um, i know it can't just be us every week that has I to know. Like, feel it's like they're owed an apology or that they owe someone an apology so i'm definitely want to hear uh what everyone else wants to apologize for see you next week everyone i'm sorry is a lemonada media original the show is produced by alex mccohen supervising producer is chrissy pease our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, wherever you get your podcasts. Feeling decision fatigue about what to make for dinner? We get it. I'm Jane Black. And I'm Liz Dunn. We're veteran food journalists, and as parents ourselves, we know how hard it can be to feed your family. That's why we created Pressure Cooker, a podcast that offers practical strategies for navigating the marketing madness and cultural expectations around mealtime. Each week, we'll check in with the experts. From social media diet trends to baby-led weaning and AI meal planning, we have all your food-related questions covered. Listen to Pressure Cooker wherever you get your podcasts.